a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. Flyracing.com. 2018 gear out now. Uh, please check them out. Uh, it's some of the greatest, latest stuff from them. And uh, we thank the folks at Fly Racing for coming on. And, again, you think they just make gear, but oh, no. Uh, check out flyracing.com, Western Power Sports, a, a huge company that uh, carries a lot of products, whether it's a watercraft stuff, whether it's a UTV, whether it's a, a snowmobile, the Western Power Sports and Fly Racing have a ton of that stuff. And uh, they make much more stuff than gear, people. You'll be surprised. Also, the official gear of uh, the Rocky Mountain KTM team with uh, Blake Baggett and Benny Bloss and uh, Davey Millsaps. Also, too, presented by Alpine Stars. We know they make Tech 7s, Tech 8s, Tech 10s, great boots. We know the A-Star name is quality. Well, they got a lot online of protection products as well that you should check out. Alpine Star protects with the BNS Tech Carbon, the A1 Roost Guard, or the Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace. All together, great products, great family of, uh, of, of things that help you protect while you're riding your dirt bike. So uh, we thank the Alpine Stars guys, and we thank Fly Racing for coming on. And uh, also, too, of course, uh, I'm Steve Mathis. So let's, uh, let's get right into our next guest. He's a longtime friend of mine. He's responsible Big part for me uh, getting started in the industry as his mechanic and uh, also to Kenny Watson. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, he's former privateer hero Ty Birdwell. What's up, Birdie? How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. Thanks for, uh, yeah, checking in with me. I appreciate it. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's uh, it'll this will be fun. Uh, people may not remember you. You held a national number for a couple, two, three years, uh, made some main events in Supercross, scored points. Um, you know, I mean, you were never one of the top guys, but you had a nice little career there racing motocross. And, and more than anything, Bertie, uh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, That's what, what it was about. I know. It really was, right? Um, and I still talk about your box fan to people. I still talk people about driving a box fan and, and how awesome yours was. But uh, we'll get into that and more. What uh, What is Ty Birdwell doing these days? You know, I am just enjoying life. I, li- I live still up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have my, I have my son. His name's Rayson. He just turned 16. I can't believe that. And uh, I'm in real estate. I buy and sell land, and I am just, I'm very blessed and just thankful to actually be here, to be able to talk on the phone. Yeah. Buddy Massett. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you believe I'm still doing this shit? <laughs> Not quite mechanicing, but still around. You know, uh, well, you were always made for us. So I guess it doesn't surprise me. You're good at it. I'm sorry I don't listen in more, but I just that you're doing it you're good at it you're a good person um well thanks uh hey by the way uh loretta lynn's just wrapped up and uh lance smale was racing in the uh in the plus 40 so bird that's your goal next year go line up around side lance and hit loretta's again 
He really went with, oh my God, he's crazy. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was back riding, but Lance Smale, everybody. Wow, Smale, so, blast in the past. Yeah, uh, man, I haven't seen all the, any of those guys for a long time. That's cra- No, I'm not going back. <laughs> no, I'm not going back. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't have a bike anymore or ride it really, right? Last time I talked to you, you, you you're not out of it? You're out of it that way? Well, I told my I told Jason, I told my son, I said, if you get straight A's, I'll get you a bike. And damn it, he went and got straight A's. So I got him a bike last year, and I called Watson. He goes, Bird, get a KTM 350. And I'm like, I'm never getting a KTM. He goes, they got electric start, and they're automatics. They got recluse clutches. Get one. You'll love it. And I got it, and I actually loved it. But I just rode it first summer. It hurt too bad, and I sold it. But That was it? I rode a little bit. <laughs> that was it. I never was going to have a, a KTM. I was never going to own a four-stroke. I was never going to own an electric start. Yeah. Or something that was automatic. And I had them all and loved it. I wish I would have had a kickstand. I would have used it. Yeah. No, they're they're killing it right now, man. KTM is killing it uh, <laughs> on, off-road, and everything. Um, call up Hagseth. Start training. Get into Loretta Lynn's mode. You and Hagseth can head on out there. I can see it now. Just a road trip. It'd take me all year to even get into shape long enough where I could make it two corners, three corners. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd I hear. rather just go fishing or something, you know, fishing or hunting or something. <laughs> um, man, it's beautiful up where you live. I always tell people, you know, I lived in Victoria for a little bit, and when, you, when I met you, you were living in Astoria. Uh, man, it it is so beautiful up there. I, I would love to move up there. I really would. Um, it's great. And I, you loved it. You always talked about it. I swear you faked some of those injuries, Bertie, so that you could just hang out in Astoria in the summer. That could have happened. I'm not saying I did or didn't. I'm just not going to say I did. But I definitely could. I missed home, man. I love it. I love it up here, especially this time of year. It's like right now we're heading to the beach. Yeah. Racing and that. It's 80 degrees, and we're going fishing and hunting. And, yeah, I just – just blessed. Love it. Love it up here. I wish you would move up here. I'll find you a place. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? I just got to convince the wife mm-hmm. would do it. Um, wait, what mm-hmm. happened to your buddy Jesse, the, the the ferry boat captain? Is still around? Jesse literally just got promoted to an E6. He's a full-blown captain in NOAA for, you know, NOAA for the government. No, I don't know what that is. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, anyways. Well, they do, like, all of our weather and a lot of that stuff. He's a full-blown captain for unlimited ship size. He lives in Seattle. He's got three years till he completely retires. And wow. I'm just like, do you guys know Jesse? Holy cow. He's a full <laughs> captain. <laughs> um, he's really smart, book smart. He's got two kids and a wife. And, yeah, he's doing great. I'm going to see him here in a couple weeks. Well, make, sure, make sure you tell him I said hi. There's no way they would have let him get that far if they knew that he actually let me drive that ferry one time between Victoria and and uh, and uh, is it uh, Port Angeles? Yeah. He he let Victoria. me drive the ferry. Like I, I felt like that was highly illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was just one time. You imagine what him and I did through the years. He's like, "Take the wheel." Figure <laughs> I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, it's cool." Huh? So, uh, he might go back to work there. He's retired. He's retired. I can't believe he's retired. But anyways. Yeah. Jesse's well. Yeah, great place up there. Oh, that's awesome. Um well, we had some good times. A couple years I worked for you, well, a year and a half, and then I got the job with FMF Honda uh, midway through 98. You had been hurt, and then I left. But let's go Let's go back into the time machine a little bit and uh, talk about you getting started riding dirt bikes. Um, you lived in Port Angeles, right? You, you, your parents lived in Port Angeles, and that's how you picked it up? It is. I, I'm from Forks, which is where I'm on my way out to right now. Uh-huh. Um, and I got my first motor school when I was 14, and I hadn't ridden one and just – either a curse or a blessing i could ride it and go fast on it so i just got a motorcycle and started riding and then yeah next thing you knew i was looking for a mechanic and 
Along came Watson, just a shining light <laughs> on him. <laughs> uh, how did you find Watson when you – so you turned pro. Did you ever do anything at Loretta's? Did you ever go? Did you ever yeah. – I went. I yeah. went um, three years, three years. I did the Winter Olympics, got third my first year there in the intermediate class. You know when they do like the Supercross and the yep. CT and all that, that motocross, did that. Went to Loretta's I think two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know me. I just was more just loved going to the races and the friends and this and that. I could have done a lot better. I think if I mentally would have done it, but right. Um, and then when I turned when I went down to California, left my senior year, turned mm-hmm. uh, pro. And Scott Myers of all people, remember Myers? Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he, he knew Watson and said, "You need a mechanic." And so here came Kenny, and I didn't know what to think. I just said, <laughs> "This is going to be really fun or really bizarre," and it was a little bit of everything. It was great. He was he had come from I want to say maybe Crum Ray Crum or was he working for Myers or how did that how did that happen? He was working for I think just everybody just doing a little bit and okay. then I was just you know blessed enough my dad helped me and just said yeah. hey you know you need a full mechanic I didn't need one but whatever I took it I guess yeah yeah did you like sit down with your dad or did your dad sit down with you I'm always wondering about this and did he say to you like hey man I'm gonna support you for like a couple of years here to see if you can make it, uh, make some money and get up on your own? Or like, was there a plan of, of this? Or how did that come together where, you know, basically because you were pretty much trying to make it, you know, for two or three, four years there? It kind of like that. Yeah. He just said, Ty, this is basically your college. If this is what you want to do, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he they were blessed enough or they were they could afford it at the time. Yeah. And, and and so that's kind of what happened. But, you know, in, in hindsight, it, it kind of made me not work as hard as I needed to either. You know, I, I wasn't as hungry. And sure. you know, I just wanted to get home. But I love riding motorcycles and love doing that. And finally, when I, that local guy with real leathers on and a duct tape helmet knocked me off the track at, in New York at Unadilla, and I went off the track and didn't qualify, I just went, okay, I'm not doing anybody any justice here. I'm freaking yeah. done. So that's that's how I quit or retired, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, hey, uh, this isn't working out. <laughs> One thing, um, so your parents owned a car dealership in Astoria when I met you. And the one thing right. the one thing you always had was the coolest box fan, Birdie. Always yeah. had a sweet box fan. Um, I loved it. It was great. Uh, we spent a lot of money on that stereo, didn't we? Oh, I was just telling Racing about it on the way here because Beck came on. I'm like, you should have heard this thing. It had all 15s in the sleeper. I thought McGrath bought it when I was done with it because only had that last one that I had. Yeah, the silver anyways, one. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he still does. Somebody told me he still has it, but I don't, I don't know. But anyways, so that was, yeah, Dad was a Ford dealer, so that stuff was basically cost us nothing to yep. get it. You know, it cost us nothing to drive them, you know. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, and then I'd fix them all up and sell them for, like, you know, what we were in them. And yeah. We, build a new one so that part of it was fun wasn't it yeah that was great man uh the silver one i think i was i left right around when that one was coming in but uh there was a green one uh and then there was the black one uh that i drove with what i think watson started that one and then it was a grumman box and then the green one didn't have a grumman box wasn't quite as trick uh of a box and then you had a silver one that was awesome um yeah the silver one was the the bomb it was the shit that one was that one was cool. Um, so why why'd you get Hondas? Why were you riding Hondas when you started? I, I when I worked for you, you, you rode Cowies, but what with the Hondas? I always loved Honda. I should if I could go back and do it again, I would have rode Hondas through the whole thing. Those Cowies made me ride like a freaking monkey on a football. I didn't like them very much. <laughs> but, but they were free parts. Remember, I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Watson shows up. Now, do, do, you just bond with them. You just got along with them. 
I don't remember. I don't know. I just think I needed somebody to do something. Hey, Watson, you know he is. He's so hot and cold that he used to make me laugh so hard. I couldn't take it. Stuff. <laughs> How he'd just be so mean to people, and they would just get so offended, and I'd just be laughing. I'm like, well, give him a couple minutes. He's kind of like, you know, just hot and cold. I'm like, all right, he's PMS, and here he comes back. He'll come back around. Sleep till two o'clock. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Um. Yeah, that was funny. He he uh, he was working for you in '95. Ninety-five, mm-hmm. I think. Six, I think. Yeah. Um, and when did Matt start working for you? Oh, shit, I forgot about Matt. You, Matt. Matt ooh. Right. Matt was was Matt before? I think Matt was before me. Yes. And then uh, yeah. it was Matt after Watson. And then it was me. That was that's how it went. Um, what do you remember about uh, Watson? Funny stories? You got anything? I don't know what we can talk about. Well, yeah, you can't get him in trouble. We can't, we can't get him thrown in jail or anything. <laughs> what about beat up? What's that? Can we get him beat up? Yeah, we can get him beat up. Sure. <laughs> but when he met the girl <laughs> over in my box van, and she flew down to see him in L.A., and they took off in that big earthquake hit, and the tree rent in my box van, and she got stuck down there. No way, really? And I don't remember that. Freaking out. <laughs> you don't remember that story? No. Remember the big earthquake in 95? Yeah, I was in nine. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to race the Supercross. Well, Watson had that girl down there that was married from up in my area, and they ran into a tree during the earthquake, and she got stuck down there for a week. <laughs> Sorry, was... that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, he did he have pink hair then or no? Was he all normal? Well, he's never been normal, but right. I don't know about pink hair. Yeah, yeah, I remember he had the pink hair for a while. That uh, that was the. Um... Uh, Deegan days, I guess. Atomic Twenty Two Deegan days. Oh yeah, I miss Deegan too. You ever hear hear from him? Uh no, I don't see him too much. I interviewed him a couple times, but I seriously think he has no idea who I was or who I am or anything. Even though, like, we stayed in that hotel in Gainesville for a week with him, and we used to park by him and go yeah. riding with him like all the time when he was Triple X. I seriously, yeah, right. I don't think he has any clue who that that's me or or that's I'm, I'm the same guy or, or anything. So. Yeah, he might not. Shoot, he's met so many people. But right. there's a lot of people like that that I really enjoyed and had, had really bonded with him. Deegan was one of my best friends. Yeah, I miss all those guys. I'd like to see everybody someday. But what do you know? You know, you blink and you're, it's 20 years down the road. Yeah, yeah you're telling me, bro. Uh, tell me about it. So, um, for me, who was – Fernet got me the job, right? Fernet, you were you were buddies with Fernet, And did he – is he the one that got me the job? I don't remember. I don't have a clue. <laughs> What did you think when I showed up, Bertie? I was trying to be professional, remember? <laughs> and I can be 100% honest. Yes. I'm just setting you up. No, I thought you were awesome, of course. You've always been a people person. <laughs> and there's something about Canadians. You guys all are well-spoken. Uh-huh. Everybody enunciates normal and just <laughs> and, and talks to people, and, and I really appreciated that part about it. So, no, you were, yeah, you were great. Um. Giving you some props there, Matthew. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think we got along pretty well. I never, I don't remember any big fights or anything like that. I remember thinking, like, um, you know, like you were a pretty good rider. You had a lot of talent on a dirt bike. Um, you know, didn't care. Didn't didn't seem to like want to, you know, do do a lot of road bike miles or a lot of jogging. But but still still enjoyed riding your dirt bike. <laughs> um, hey, do you remember one race? What race stands out for you? You know, when you're telling your kid about uh, racing, and, and is there one that stands out? 
never had anybody ask you that. Um, I don't talk to him much about it. I just just thought, you know what? He doesn't need to hear all about me if he wants to someday. Um, I don't really know. What do you think? Let me reverse that on you. Um, What's a good race? I don't know. I liked all of them. They were all kind of fun the first two minutes, and then I wanted to go back to the pit. Well, uh, there was a Supercross race. Uh, I got your vault. I got my results open on Racer X. There was a Supercross race with me, and I think it was – might have been Tempe in '97. You like rode yourself into into qualifying spot. You rode really well, uh, but once in the main event, mm-hmm. I don't think you had 20 laps in your birdie. Two laps, two laps, Steve. Yeah, two. no zero past that. Two laps. Um, I think I could have won some supercrosses in the first two laps. That's about it. <laughs> that, that was about it. Mental. Yeah, um, that's mental. And it was if I could go back, and it was all my mental game wasn't there. I just liked it before I knew it. It was, you know, I was 27, 28 and I just went, Oh God, I'm wasting time here, but yeah, sure. Fun. Fun. while we did it. Yeah. You got to get going, right? You got to figure out, get on with your life. Uh, I wrote a story on racer X, maybe, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago about the, uh, the history of moto triple X racing. And, um, mm-hmm. right from the start, all the way through, I talked to everybody and I, I tell people the story and, and Watson and I have talked about it here and there. Um, we were because of you were buddies with Watson and, and Deegan. We were oftentimes pitted right by those guys or, or hung out with them. And I try to tell people like it was insane when they first came on the scene. And uh, do you remember that? Oh, I remember all of it. Yeah, you bet. I, I lived with uh, Jordan, and then at the time, I think um, when they first started, I was living with Watson. Who mm-hmm. Jordan, you know, from Strung Out, that was that they were roommates. So that's how I first got affiliated with them when they were very first started at all. And and just the people around the pits, just nuts. They were so like they were like Watson's throwing things out. The riders are throwing things out. It was crazy. <laughs> it was awesome. I, you, there's no way you could even do that now. Everything's so professional. No. Not that they weren't professional. They had some good riders and they they did the stuff right. But they were. It was all about just cray cray and where you go, what you could get away with. It was, that was, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nutty, man. I try to tell people, I'm like, like they, people, they had so many people around their pits and they were blasting music and Duke Finch was running over and yelling, trying to stop them all yeah. the time. <laughs> Mad at him. Deegan just would flip his bike at the finish line. Remember that big old thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I won the race. I'm going to let my bike go, right? Yeah. Um, Stand out. Can't do it anymore. No. No, but it was a it was a special time that I try to tell people like these guys were a, were a huge deal back then. Huge deal, yep. It was all that was before all the corporate came in and changed mm-hmm. everything, which you knew was going to happen. But at least you know I'm assuming the guys can make some money now. Back then, it was just a freaking yeah, it was just fun. It was how did you ever get hooked up with extreme gear? You always wore extreme gear. I don't know. I had just good relationships with all my sponsors. You remember that? I, we didn't have cell phones or emails. We'd call them all. Remember, I'd, I'd share them like, Steve, we got to call them on Friday because they're getting ready to go for the weekend and they'll send us more stuff. And right. I don't know. I just built <laughs> good relationships with everybody and talked to them. And my mom would make them fudge and stuff and send them for Christmas. And, yeah. You know, they just became more friends than anything. So I was just loyal. And I don't know. I don't know, they gave me gear, so I didn't have to wash it. They gave me so much, I just gave it away. It, like was, it was a lot of it, huh? <laughs> they were not yeah. scared. They were not scared. Um, and so when you quit, okay, so I went to go work for FMF in 98, and uh, I got a job, and you were cool, you were hurt. Remember, um, let's go back to that for a minute. So you compound fracture your toe in Indianapolis, Birdie? Remember that? Yeah, foot peg went, oh, I remember. I got taken out by a toe. Foot peg went through my boot. 
Yeah. And then, so they take you to the hospital at like midnight at like Indianapolis. And they're like, yeah, uh, did they pin it? They put a pin through it, right? Yeah, they put two pins and then a pin right down the center of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'd never heard yeah. of that before or since. Yeah, you sat there and waited for me just like a, you were just totally took care of me. Remember, I woke up, I was all groggy, and then you dropped me off the airport like at 4 in the morning, and I was cross-eyed. <laughs> flew, flew in LA and put my right foot over the, the rent a car and yeah. drove home. And, yeah, drove home with my left foot. Away we went. That, I retired after then. That toe took me out. I think you came back. Didn't you come back? No? Was that it? Was the toe the reason you hung it up, Bertie? It hurt. It thing still hurts. Does it yeah, really? I remember when I yep. took my boot off and, that little, and the toe just fell. Oh, it just fell. Yeah. yeah. It just fell like all droopy. Yeah. I, I remember the doctor saying, um, we can cut it off and you'll be back racing, uh, I don't know, three to four weeks or something. Or the guy said, or oh, we can pin it and you'll be, ba- and it'll be, you know, eight to 10 weeks or something if we pin it. And I'm like, cut it off, cut it off. And you're like, no. <laughs> Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss a paycheck here, so let's cut that toe off. But thankfully, probably Birdie in 2017, you're glad they did not cut the toe off. It's a little shorter than the other one. He's a special little toe, but it bends. They said it never bends. It's yeah, it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, That's when they give me one phone call, and I called my mom, and I called the lady. She goes, "Oh, honey, hold on a second, I'm getting a phone call." And I'm like, "Mom, I might not wake up. I'm on a hospital bed in Indianapolis. Remember that?" <laughs> I don't remember that. No. I, re- I remember they were like, hey, this. so we're going to put a pin in it, and this, guy's needs, uh, this guy needs the surgery and everything else. We're going to put a pin in it. Uh, so you go wait for him. And I'm in the waiting room in downtown Indy right by the RCA Dome, and um, there's, there's me, and it's, it's dark. There's nobody around. It's 1 in the morning or whatever. You're getting surgery. And uh, uh, there's a family that comes shuffling in, and they're waiting there with me. And, I'm, and they all kind of like it's a huge waiting room, and they all like sat right by me, and I'm like, why would you sit by me? There's a massive waiting room. Anyways, the doctor comes out and goes, I'm sorry. There were, there was just too many bullets. And they just start crying. Oh, they start f- crying. And I'm like, oh, man, this <laughs> this is so awkward. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'll never forget that. I'm like, I got to – I'm from Canada. I don't know anything about bullets and dying. And this is very no. scary to me. <laughs> no, we're just talking about saving a toe or not saving a toe. Yeah. Nothing about bullets. Right. And uh, – <laughs> And I think you kept paying me though, so I gotta thank you for that. I think I took the van, went down to Florida, uh, waited mm-hmm. for you to get better instead of driving it back to to uh, Oregon, and then I just hung out for like I don't know what happened. I think I eventually went back to Oregon. I don't remember, but uh, I think you kept paying me, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I felt that's kind of my fault. Right, right. Yeah, I was. Fernet and I hung out in. Um, in Reddick and and I was riding your bike for a while, <laughs> kind of hanging out. So it was it was fun that way. You didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that part. No, I mean, probably not. I probably skipped that part. Hey, by the way, though, yeah, I, but I do have beef with you. I do have a complaint to lodge with with uh-huh. you about about my treatment with you. Um, uh-huh. Years later, and not that long ago, um, I was so I got got the job with you. You gave me a credit card, and you're like, hey, so. No hotels during the week on this card. You know, no, you can buy, if you, if you emergency, you can use the card, but basically no hotels, no food until the weekends when I show up. And then, you know, from there I would go to friends' places and, you know, do what privateers did back then. So, okay, no problem. Like, that's fine. I accept that. It's fine. It's part of the deal. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now, here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right?
Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say... I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate... Blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Come to find out, you know, I befriend this Kenny Watson guy. And he's like, oh, dude, every night I got hotels. I put all my food on that card. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm still pissed about that. Watson's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I use that card all the time. <laughs> well, you, you know why. Yeah, you can say, you can be mad at Kenny. He's the one that changed all that. Yeah, because yeah, Kenny went from maybe needing one motel room during a week. Well, yeah, he wasn't lying to you. He had five-star motels, and my dad's like, hey, what is all this crap? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Your dad's like, what is this Ruth Chris on here on the car? <laughs> Watson's like, oh, yeah, man, I just ran that thing right up. I'm like, damn it. Because I was really, I was super, I was like super scared. I'm like, I don't want to get fired. I like this job. You know, I want to keep being a mechanic. Um, 
you know, and, and all of that. So I really I want to uh-huh. I want to lodge my complaint. Watson, does that not surprise me one bit? Right. Oh my god, it's funny. Um, yeah, and then he starts Moto Triple X. He starts Plano Honda. He starts H and H with Kerry. That's your guy. Oh yeah, Watson was always a great PR person. He'd go freaking to the nationals and just leave. You never knew if the bike was going to fall apart, but he had a bigger and better things to do. But he'd come back with armloads of t-shirts and just <laughs> tires and handlebars, and you know what I mean. Yeah, here, Bird, I got you some stuff. Yeah, he he's always he knew all the relationships, right? He knew everybody. So, oh yeah, he loved to get that free stuff. He was he was awesome that way. Um, what'd you do when you when you retired? When you quit? What what was the next step for you? What'd you start doing? I I got in the car business, which I absolutely just hated. I did, did that for about five years, and I went from I call it being a hero to a zero, going from motocross to yep. the car business. Your grandma thinks you're ripping her off, so. I got a great opportunity to get out of that, and I've been for, I don't know, what is it, 12 years now? Yep. Uh, about 10 years, I've been, uh, I buy real estate and develop it and sell it and stuff, so. And how's the market it, up there? Oh, it's rocking. It's just, I couldn't ask for more. It's just, I'm blessed, and I've learned a ton, you know, it's just kind of, even like motocross, once you learn a bunch, it just becomes easier, and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I can't complain. I love it. I just work for myself, and. Raise my son. He's my pride and joy. Spend all my time with him. And, uh, yeah. Crazy. Dream. Crazy to think about all the great motocrosses that have come out from your area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from Smale. We talked about Smale either. Smale had a really a nice career with good results. Uh, and RV, of mm-hmm. course. Ryan Villapoto. Polesbor. Well, of course. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw him last well, this summer, actually. Beginning of the summer, I saw him. He was kind of starting to do, do dirt work and stuff. But, yeah, we yeah. got some good riders. I think the Larson back in the day, the freaking Anderson and Chuck Sun, Larry yeah. Ward. Yeah, yeah, Big Bird, right? Big Bird, do you, you feel do you feel like Big Bird abandoned you guys kind of early, though, and moved to South Carolina or North Carolina or wherever? I don't think so. I don't think he can do much from up here. You know, today I think he can with mm-hmm. technology. But, you know, when I think about that, 98 to you and I, that doesn't sound very long ago. When I retired, when I when I quit that, you know, we left Delmont. And I had my cousin Hans, remember Hans? Yeah. I didn't pull over. I thought it was cool I had a calling card. I called back to my, to my parents' house and say, hey, I'm done racing. So I think today with technology and email and cell phones, it's easier to pretty much succeed mm-hmm. from anywhere. But Back in the day, you had to get the hell. You I mean you couldn't ride up here during the you know nine mm-hmm. months out of the year you couldn't ride. So yep. I don't feel abandoned by him. I'm like, hey, go do what you got to do. Oh, uh, Ryan Huffman too. Forgot about Ryan Huffman. He had a brief glimpse of glory. You know, Primal Impulse Suzuki ride. He put some good rides on a on that Morgan Cowie that year that that, that I worked for you. Ryan Huffman too. Uh, Ryan was you know what on any given day. He was better than anybody. He could jump, and was, and so was McCormick. Both those guys were yep. studs. Yeah, for sure. Is that who you grew yep. up with? Those guys? Like, was that your era, or were they a little bit before you, or after you? I meant they were a little bit before me. Yeah, they're a little bit younger. They were on eighties, like when I was just got my first, you know, two fifties and started riding intermediate and stuff. So you're kind of yeah, like the after Lance Smale, post Lance Smale, pre McCormick Huffman era. I'm with Lance. Yeah, we were the same time. Yeah, he was. In fact, Lance was a little bit ahead of me. He was already really good when I first started racing. When mm-hmm. Started racing, you know. I just picked it up a little bit quicker, I think, yeah. and just kind of went through the ranks. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was racing with him also. And didn't uh, didn't RV live in Port Angeles or something for a while, or didn't he ride there a lot or something? 
Yeah, he rode there a lot. I was always the king of it. I still say I'm the king of Pradans just because I actually live there. But <laughs> um, ended up just a little bit better. <laughs> uh, just a, yeah, just a tad, a t- tad bit better. Um, hey, so you, I forgot that you were living in Forks, which became world famous because of those dumb movies, right? Twilight. Oh yeah, Twilight. It's, it'll be packed this weekend. We're going out there for a, a friend's uh, kids getting married, so it'll be. Yeah, heading out to Forks, old Forkers. Yeah, is it? And it's because of that movie. Like, did it literally boom? Did the place literally blow up? It did. It helped it quite a bit. You know, there's not like more infrastructure and stuff, but they get a ton more tourism and stuff out there. And, right. And it's definitely helped the economy, which they needed it out there because it's out in the middle of nowhere. But you talk about God's country. Most. Yeah. I've been to every state. For that, we talked about that being to every state by the age of 20 and yeah to me there's nothing more beautiful than that you know the olympic peninsula northwest up here so yeah i love it dude i still talk about when i lived in victoria for those off seasons a couple times uh i think Mm -hmm. before before i worked for you i came down first time i met you i came down from victoria you know where i was living with my buddy yeah and then uh and came down and met you in california you were living with uh hilton eric hilton yeah right little Hilton. i miss hilton too what's hilton doing now any idea I always thought he would have been a billionaire by now. He always had his, he's just really smart. One of those guys. And he's still just chasing and trying to find the dream. I guess he got married and he, he was a uh, sports psychologist for a while. He was working with the Alessis. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the work that entailed? He probably freaking quit that for full time now. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What else, Bertie? What else do you remember? What kind of memories you got from your racing career? I remember a lot of good friends, a lot of good uh, um, relationships. You know what I liked about the the tight knit group because there's only so many people that go every weekend. Yeah, was just the the families and and the true relationships. You know what I mean? People that you know, of course you were together and you had a lot in common, but it was. You know, you competed when you put your helmets on and the gate dropped. But from then on out, I mean, if you needed a bike, you needed something. I, I miss that part of the team part of it, even though everybody wasn't on your team. It kind of was. I just miss the relationships. I miss Steve Mathis, the Watsons, the, the Myers, the Deegans. You know, I just miss the, that part of it when I think about racing. That's my my fondest memories. It's just the relationships and the mm-hmm. families and the wonderful people and just, you know, not being a part of that. That was definitely the best for me to, well, to race and the beating the crap out of yourself and making money or you know, all that wasn't traveling because I like to be home, but I miss the people for sure. It's a good group of people. You had a nice thing going, Bertie, where you were like a factory router, basically flying in and out of the races. Your mechanic would show up with the box fan. You had a nice thing going for a couple of years. Full factory rider and didn't even deserve it. But, yeah, I know. I look back now, and I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure anybody would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. I tried not to, I tried not to be spoiled and be humbled. I knew I was blessed. But, you know, then again, that kind of hurt me where my mind wasn't in it, you know. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, obviously, you can do the whole if I would have just tried harder. But it wasn't that important to me. It was – but, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was – um I mean, winning a championship and doing that, you know, it never even crossed my mind. You used to get mad at me. Well, maybe you should be out there. I remember you yelling at me with some super cross. And I was like, geez. <laughs> I re- uh, well, that's just it. Like, but you know what's funny is so it's 2017, and there's still guys in the pits that I see that have everything, okay, that have a nice setup and a nice ride going, uh, and, and, and they're blessed with, uh, with uh, the financial resources to go racing. And I see the same things where – you're like, man, if that guy, that guy's got skill, and if he was just a little bit more hungry, 
he could maybe do something, but they quit too easy. They, uh, you know, there's some guys that just you just you you show up and you're like they don't qualify and you're like, what's going on, man? You know, like uh, it's the same deal, Birdie. It's just it's 2017, but it may as well be 1998. And and somehow some of these guys, I'm just like, man, you guys got to realize how good you have it. Well, I think that's uh, that's the fine line, and there's some people that you know maybe could make it through there, but. There's something to be said, you know, you give them too much, you know, spoil yeah. the child, you know, and, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. And anyway, yep. my dad didn't do nothing wrong. And, and, you know, parents that do that, they just want the best for the parents. But, yeah. you know, maybe I was meant to be a champion, to, you know, obviously I didn't, but it's it, it completely did change my mindset. I didn't have to work for it. You know, the best race I ever had is after my toe, I guess, or what it must have been. Uh-huh. And I was doing all the mechanic. I was living with Hilton. And I was doing all the mechanic in myself, and I was training my ass off, and Deegan and I were riding together. And I had to do everything myself, and I loved it. You know how hard you got to yeah. work, what you got to do. And I went to the Phoenix Supercross. It was my first 250 Supercross and made that main. And the Seattle was the next weekend, and I'm like, I'm going to top five. Yeah. And that was the first time in my whole racing career that I had that mindset. I felt, and I just knew I could do it. I'm like, I'm bigger, stronger. I can beat all these guys. But I'd never felt that way. Mm-hmm. And then the next qualifies the that 250 supercross i think i got like 14th or something and then um the next weekend i broke all my ribs and never felt that again so (laughs) i I knew that 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 was out there but it you know i never had that commitment which wasn't fair to my parents this and that but i look back now yeah i mean i was blessed i learned a lot for you know the rest of my life and way you go one thing i remember you about you i just came to mind is do you remember that storm that came through orlando supercross in 97 like a massive storm it took the suzuki tent and flipped it all the way around the truck do you remember that at all i remember it. yeah i remember the mud race it was hot out yeah and then so our easy up blew across the parking lot into somebody's rental car and the guy wanted us to pay for the rental car damage and you're just like wow it's quite a quite a wind and the guy's like yeah your easy up went right in my car and you're like yeah, and it was all mangled, and the guy's like, "Whoa, I need some, I need some money." And you're like, "It was wind." And the guy was like, oh, "I don't care. That's your easy up." And you're like, "You're not getting any money." And the guy was like looking at you, and you were like, kind of, you were bowing up a little bit, and you're like, "You're not getting any money," which I totally agree with. And the guy was like, "But, but, but," and you're like, "Run along, or ride, keep walking, or something." I forget what you said. You said, "Keep walking," or "Run, run away," or <laughs> the guy just turned around, and it was like, and he went away, and I'm like. Wow, this thing's getting tense here. Birdie's gonna beat this guy down. He keeps wanting money for our easy up that flew into his car. <laughs> you know, you'd be nice a couple times. All you gotta do is talk. You don't want to do that, but hey, all right, enough's enough. Right? Yeah, talking. the guy wasn't taking no, and finally you were like, and I'm like, oh boy, this is right before the right for the night show. We're gonna get into a brawl right here. So I probably won the freaking race that night if you just let me fight him. Yeah, yeah, really, right? <laughs> probably. Um, well, I'm still pissed, Birdie, about the Watson thing and the credit card and all that because I, I really sacrificed and slept in truck stops, and, and, and Watson was living the life of a I'm king. Sorry. So <laughs> if I could do it over again, I would have let you. I know how hard you mechanics work. My God, you guys are. It's Sleep. nobody understands unless they're involved in it and see it and are part of it. There's no use even talking about it. See how hard you guys work. I talk about like. Uh, as a mechanic, like I would go shop, go grocery shopping. I'd wash the van. I would have to find water. I would change suspension oil during the week. I would split the cases. I would I would do all the work on the bike. And then I became on these teams. I got on these teams, and I'm like, yeah, this is nothing. This is really nothing. Like, um, we used to do so much more work. We used to find nitrogen, find a dealer to find nitrogen to rebuild the shock at. 
and and week in and week out, and you're just like, man, this is crazy. These guys nowadays don't do any of that, and whatever. It's not one of those uphill to school both ways things, but man, you really look back and you're like, holy crap, I can't believe I had no life for you know three, four, five yeah. years. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then- uh, no cell service, no 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 nope. cells, no emails, no way to. It's almost like a boot camp. I think all the <laughs> first camp should have to be with a privateer the first year, you know, right? Two years, I know. And actually have to do it and drive and get in line and wait and, you know, remember when we'd show up to the freaking motels and everybody in the motels and it'd just be all the boxes back there shipped because you know nobody had. Like I said, I don't know how we did it without cell phones and emails. No, I but know. We did I guess. Uh, sleeping at truck stops, showering at truck stops. I remember one time I was sleeping at some truck stop and a guy like pulled the door handle, you know, I was scared shitless. I was like, ah, I'm from Canada. I don't know what's going on, but, um, and that's right. You wouldn't let me keep it. You didn't like a gun in there. Wouldn't that you? No. Wasn't yeah. Me? That's me. Yeah. No, I don't. I've never shot a gun. Why would I want a gun? I don't need a gun. I've never shot one. I mean, oh it, yeah, you don't need a gun when Creeper Creeperton's coming in the box and you need a gun. That's, yeah, but, I remember being mad at you. You wouldn't keep a gun in there. Well, because I thought to myself, if you have a gun, you better be prepared to use it. And I've never shot a gun in my life. So I don't think I'm ready to use it. That was my reasoning behind it. Like, um, I wonder why I didn't just teach you and show you how. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you probably should have or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I remember thinking, like, yeah, I don't want one because then the guy will probably grab it from me and shoot me. You know? So. Well, there's one always in there. You didn't know that, but it was underneath by the, in the speaker box in there. I had one, and there was in there the whole time. Yeah, see, there we go. I, I never knew that. I would Maybe I would just, being Canadian, I would just try to talk to the guy, talk him down, talk him out of raping me or something. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't rape him, a guy. Please don't. Yeah, just listen. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. this is, so, um, well, good times with uh, Ty Birdwell on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. It was in it by Alpine Stars. Um Nice to catch up with you, Bertie. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, always. I uh, hope you're well. Hope everything's going good. It sounds like it. And uh, and thanks, man. Thanks for the trip down memory lane. I appreciate it. Hey, I, yeah, I'm the one that appreciates it. It was great hearing your voice. Please get your butt up here and hang out for a while. I'm sure you need a break. Yeah, I probably should. You should get uh, me and Watson together. We'll, we'll we'll go hang out. He's not, you know, he's My got. God, that'd be- <laughs> good old Watson. Uh, thanks, Bertie. Appreciate it, man. Okay, buddy. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory... We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much 
better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months 